Hey guys, it's me, Allison, at a different point in time, and I'm here with another cold open because some huge news just dropped. Um, Peter Dinklage is playing Casca Highbottom in the ballad movie. Oh my god! <laughs> I love this so much. He is, oh my god, he's just an amazing actor and he was like by far one of my favorite characters on game of thrones when it was on you know before the show had a terrible ending but whatever we're not here to talk about that but oh my god i can i don't understand why i didn't think of him sooner as high bottom i didn't have anyone in mind for high bottom but i love this peter dinklage just so good he's so good at playing like broken man type characters and ah, i i'm excited anyway um i just had to let y'all know about that and this is like my reaction i'm just sitting in my car right now but anyway um enjoy the episode everyone and welcome to bookish babbles the podcast where we reread our favorite books and chat about them i'm your host allison and without further ado let's get started Welcome to a very, 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 very special episode of Bookish Babbles, episode 22, I think. I should have written this down. Whatever. Um, I have multiple very amazing uh, people on today. Welcome, guys. Woo! Woo! We're I back! Have, <laughs> I have... Da, 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 da. Oh dear, this is gonna be this is gonna be pure chaos. I'm so sorry to everyone listening, but I have guests of the past, present, and future i don't know i had to finish that but anyway uh so we'll go around and introduce everyone and just uh say like how you got into the hunger games like how you were first introduced to this so let's start with first time guest and tall weirdo who kidnapped me into being his friend patrick i i appreciate the introduction i appreciate it <laughs> uh well hello i am patrick Connolly. i am six four I, I I am a Hunger Games aficionado. Not really. As you guys are way more into Hunger Games as much as I am. But no. So, uh, my first introduction, and this is this is weird to say because normally with like books to movies and everything like that, like I normally get introduced to like the movies first. In this case, I actually got introduced to the book, The Hunger Games first. Um, so. Uh, I first read the book uh, back in 20, God, 2010. I think it was uh, in my English class. Uh, what we did, um, we had an assignment that we had to do, um, and we were assigned like a few books. One of them was The Hunger Games, and uh, one of the things that uh, we had to we had to do was uh, do a project based on it. So what I did is uh, I pretended that I wrote a scene from the upcoming Hunger Games film adaptation. Um, and I took the lines from the book, like at least like the first few chapters of the book and put it in like movie form and see how that goes. Um, 
And, you know, lo and behold, I got an A on it, which was pretty, pretty fantastic. Um, and then, you know, a couple of years later, The Hunger Games came out. Um, and I was like, oh, I read the book. I should go see it. Um, and, yeah, and it was uh, the, the first Hunger Games. I think it holds a very special place in my heart because I do think it has a lot of, um, you know, a lot of really great performances as well as, like, you know, some really interesting ideas and how they tell the story. Um, and it's just, it's a really, it's a cool ride. I mean, I'll have more things to say about the movie, but I also understand if you guys want to talk more about the books, go all out. Cause I mean, I've only read the first book I, and I've only seen like the other movies. So I'm just, I'm enjoying the company of everyone here. Uh, and Gabby is getting ready. So this <laughs> is um, <laughs> like, oh, I'm ready to talk about the Hunger Games. It's going to be fun. Yeah, maybe we'll save all our complaints of how they adapted things poorly for the end because that could go on for a while. No, I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah, please. So, okay, yeah. next, uh, uh, Lily, aka the person who wrote the jingle for this podcast. So, woo! Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> go, Lily. Okay, so hi, I'm Lily. Um, what else am I supposed to say? <laughs> uh, just how you were introduced to the Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. Um, honestly, it was probably from you. Yeah. Uh, this is going back to junior high because Hunger Games, the movie came out in 2012. So we were in eighth grade. Um, and what? 10 years ago. I know. That I oh, was God. doing I'm the kidding. math and I was like, oh my God. No. Has it really been that long? Oh. Um, having a crisis. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, since. Allison and like all our friends are going to go to see the movie. I was like, oh, okay. And they invited me. And I was like, eh, okay, I've never read the book. Um, I think my family got two copies for some reason at that time. And I was like, okay, I have a, a week. I'm going to try to read the book before the movie. Um, and I hate reading. So I don't know why I thought that was a good idea. Um, and <laughs> I made it through 10 chapters and then the book went missing. I lost it in school somewhere. And I was really sad that I lost my bookmark specifically, not really the book, but the bookmark. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I know I'm on the wrong podcast here. <laughs> but <laughs> you offer a unique point of view because I'm exactly a book, a book person. So this is yeah. <laughs> so that's how I was introduced to the Hunger Games. I'm trying to remember if I saw any other movies besides that. I probably did. I, I think you did. That was too long ago. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> I remember seeing every movie in theaters with you, mostly because, like, do you? I, I don't, because <laughs> I, I do, because I remember like there was a certain jump scare that happened in Mockingjay Part Two, and I remember being with you and Keegan for that, because I was like freaking oh. out the whole time. And I was like, probably oh. like, <laughs> I, I honestly, I feel like there's jump scares in every single Hunger Games movie. I don't. Yep. Okay. Next, uh, we have Sarah, also the person who helped me come up with the name for this podcast, because I struggled with that. And Woo Hello, Sarah. Hello. So I am incredibly underprepared for this episode because I have never read any of these books. <laughs> Patrick, Patrick, we, we are both on the same page, Sarah. <laughs> like I said, you <laughs> Now keep in mind, you guys all have stories of seeing the movies when they were coming out. I didn't watch them until maybe maybe four months ago when my now ex-partner decided Ow. to re-watch and reread them. Oh my god. I was living with them too so there was no real way out. 
point of view you want you first were introduced after the hype had died down oh the hype was so dead <laughs> i'm trying to bring it back especially with the ballad movie coming out next year oh that is true wow yeah, and I remember you freaking oh. out. When I oh, told I was you. Freaking out big time. Is that what you've been posting about? Yes! Like all those cats. Really? <laughs> I was that like, was is there something coming out? Like a, a new Hunger Games? Like, okay, cool. Uh, the movie with that 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 girl from West Side Story. What? That girl? Yes, that one. And that, oh, that one from Whoa. Billy the Kid. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So again, Sarah, it's a unique point of view, and I'm glad and I'm glad you're here. It's always a pleasure to see you. Yes, it is always a pleasure to be involved in book chaos. Yay. As I'm sitting here talking to you about potential future episodes we might do together. <laughs> yeah, she was texting me about this, guys, before we got on, by the way. <laughs> and then and then last we have returning guest Gabby. Woo! Gabby! Woo! Hi guys. I'm so sorry if you're already sick of me, but I'm here to stay. <laughs> Hi guys. So as you go, as you guys know, my name is Gabby Manuel, and I am a Hunger Games enthusiast. I've read the books. I've seen the movies. I have okay. I have a long kind of like love for um, the actress Josh Hutcherson and Leanna, Liam Hemsworth and oh Sam Kaplan and Elizabeth Banks. What? <laughs> it's a it's a thing. Ooh, and also like uh, Woody Harrelson who plays Hamish. I mean, he is a king and we all know it. I mean, Hollywood has been like sleeping on this great, great actor. I mean, not really, but a little bit. I, I wish that we could see him more. Um, but yeah, you guys already know from previous podcasts that I got the books while in one of the several book fairs in my, <laughs> my school. And then I... Ooh, the first time that I went to watch the movie, it was it was just it like um, the movies had just come out, and every single time I don't know why, but I ended up going with my father, and my parentheses my dad's half Korean and half British, so it's a it's a wonderful combination, especially when you're taking your teenage daughter <laughs> to fangirl over boys <laughs> in a film, so. Um, <laughs> I remember him buying me like popcorn with, and he would put like chocolate inside, like with like the caramels, like Ravlin chocolate. So I would like keep eating that, especially with um, when one of like the hot people of the cast would come on. So it was like me eating a gigantic bowl of popcorn and like a huge amount of sugar that literally I would then go home call either my like my sister or call one of my cousins to pretty much fangirl while screaming over the people you had just on screen so yeah they're like that's it so i'm very happy to be back and let's talk about hunger games let's do this yes. let the odds be ever in our favor because we're in the middle of quarantine like with well it's not quarantine anymore it's oh, the pandemic. It's, it's post. Pandemic. Is it post or pre? Like, I, is it I, pandemic or post pandemic? It, it's it's complicated. Because <laughs> we're not in quarantine, but cases are popping up. But we don't have the restrictions we did two years ago, so I have no idea what's happening. It's okay, all let's call it. Fault. <laughs> let's call it. Let the odds be ever in our favor because we're post twenty twenty. So 
<laughs> we're on 2022 please not be like second version of 2020 but no we're in 2022 and let this begin so allison we're back to you i mean if we did have to do a quarantine part two i would get a lot more podcast episodes done but anyway that's not important <laughs> <laughs> okay i mean mental stage is declining i'm kidding oh not really <laughs> like the world is sued and i'm still in my room just recording on my ipad <laughs> okay anyway. I mean, that is a mood and that is respectable <laughs> i mean i still haven't missed a week i've still been putting episodes out anyway so even when i was out of the country even when i had covid but that's another story okay no. okay wait that that deserves a big applause guys everyone all the listeners please big up applause for her not missing a week Ooh. I want to do the Reaper. wait there we go exactly constantly <laughs> slaying all these books all the all these like different like works of art so let's go we're back to you listen so let's hit it you guys can't see this because this is a podcast but we're on zoom and Lily just did like the hand clap emoji <laughs> <laughs> okay so anyway I just so why don't we just start with I don't know just general thoughts we have anything you want to share just for all it Hollywood actors are hot. Okay. <laughs> Someone else. I mean, I mean, I mean, the second that they cast uh, Finnick, like Sam Kaplan at, as Finnick O'Dare, I was in, like, I was running to the, like, to the theaters to watch it. I'm sorry. Gabby, we're on the first Hunger Games. That's not for another. Oh, then let's, okay. <laughs> then let's call it, like, Liam Hemsworth. When they, call, like, when they, when they cast Liam Hem- like Hemsworth mm-hmm. I literally was okay one of the Hemsworth brothers it's the one that's dating Miley Cyrus yep. hmm. he's hot hmm. do I want to watch him Hells yeah. yep. <laughs> me. <laughs> me and Josh uh Josh uh Henderson uh, uh, Hutcherson yeah. no sorry oh sorry yeah. <laughs> really great, I, I, don't worry Gabby I got you don't Thank worry you. Hutcherson <laughs> I'm sorry Hutch- Whoever didn't have a severe crush on him since the bridge of Therabithia. Mm-hmm. Man. Truth. Don't get me started. Talk about a book to a movie. <laughs> Talk about seven-year-old me having emotional damage. <laughs> it's going to be a kid's movie. Oh. I was a fan of him and RB personally. RB's one of my favorites. <laughs> hey, hey, I'll go back. I'll go back like a year earlier. Little Manhattan. Nobody has heard of it. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> it, it sounds familiar. I've never seen it, though. It, it is such a great movie. I rewatched it a couple of days ago. It's just, it's amazing. For the journey to the center of the earth. Ooh, that's amazing. I mean. Oh, he's in that. That's right. I didn't see that one, but I. Lie. This isn't a Hunger Games episode. This is a Josh Hunterson. <laughs> <laughs> fan club. This is a fan club. We Josh is the greatest. <laughs> right. uh, Lily, I know you watched uh, the movie last night to prepare. So what did you think? Okay, so I will say this was my first time watching it since I first saw it 10 years ago. Um, So I was trying to like remember everything. And then um, I know the movie's, what is it? Two hours, 22 minutes? Is that around? Okay. So that's a long movie, but also I felt like everything happened quicker than I expected it to. Like, you know, they were like, boom, all of a sudden we were doing the... The beginning thing what's it called oh the reaping <laughs> the reaping reaping that's what yeah that's i was like no. i think that's what it's called but i don't want to say that but yeah so <laughs> first we're doing that and all of a sudden now they're at the capital they're like getting all 
pretty and everything, even though like it was mostly like a beauty is pain thing. They're just kind of laying down like lab specimen on the tables, getting all like beautified, whatever. Um, and then all of a sudden, like they're doing the interviews and we have like girl on fire, um, which also I have a different perspective on. So a um, little background. I recently moved to Potato Land, AKA Idaho, where I'm forecasting fire weather. So now I'm just thinking, oh, fire, that's gonna start a forest fire. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> that's my perspective on it. <laughs> but, but yeah, everything just happened a lot quicker than I thought. Like, I don't know, when she first like started having the alliance with Rue, I was just like, I don't know. I thought Rue had a little longer to live than she did. <laughs> yeah no yeah i mean she's like oh she's already dead oh i mean okay. did you get a little more time together in the books because you know books can afford that time for film yeah you gotta keep going yeah yeah no and film was like she is adorable and now she must die yes and it's all going quick yeah and but you but you mentioned a good point though lily with like the runtime because you know, I, I remember like when I, you know, I rewatched the movie um, today and it's been like, like so many years since I've seen it like all the way through. And most of the things that happen, like they happen like very like, we have to go there, we have to do this, we yeah. have to do this. Um, and it's just really insane, you know, like just the pacing of it all. I mean, also, oh, sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say, what about uh, you, Sarah? Cause I know you like, kind of new to the whole Hunger Games franchise or your general thoughts in the first movie? So we have to remember that I I look at every movie like a book anyway. That's just how my brain works. And I think part of the reason I never read these is because they are so, so plot driven and I am character driven all the way. Mm-hmm. And I just realized that basically what we're saying about Rue here is Rue is Hunger Games' is Eddie Munson. like spoilers i guess for season four of stranger things (laughs) okay but if you've entered the internet at all you already know you know you know you know what i've never seen an episode of stranger things (laughs) it's like it's like rude decides to get on the guitar it's like this is for you katniss (laughs) Okay, but I, I did the best thing ever by saying this, and I'm excited about it. So, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, there are a couple like fan theories that say that uh, Eddie might come back. As... Yep. Exactly. Rue did it. She died. Done. <laughs> she did. did. <laughs> what did, if did. she came back to one of the mutt things? Uh... That's that's a that's a thing we're talking about the book for later let's just focus on the movie right now (laughs) i mean can we all agree that even though it was a great movie it like all the movies in general the franchise would have worked better as like as a series than as a movie i mean it makes sense though at the time when that for it to be a movie because book to movie adaptations were like the big thing because this was still in like the recent years after harry potter but now you know TV series uh, are becoming a bigger thing. So had the Hunger Games been adapted now, I'm convinced it would have gotten a series. However, yeah. why is the new like Hunger Games is also a movie instead of a instead of a series? I like my. I don't know. They have to stay on brand. 
like, High School Musical did three movies in a series. Well, I mean, it wasn't a book adaptation, but well, the thing possible. about the series is that the series is focuses on different characters from the movies. So I guess yeah, that actually look like high schoolers. That's true. And they actually look like high school. Yeah. What do you think, Allison? Tell us what are your like, okay, things about uh, the movie? I just, I just really love the movies. I mean, I was still at the time emotionally scarred from the fact that Percy Jackson got such terrible movie adaptation. So Oof. it was such a relief to, <sighs> it was such a relief to have um, a movie adaptation for a book that I loved and. And honestly, I have the trailer to thank, too, for getting into this. Because like I've said before, my English teacher told me to read it. And I'm like, that sounds terrible. I'm never going to read it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm making multiple podcast episodes. And now it's just a key point of your personality, dude. I've worn my hair in a braid for like a year and a half because of this movie. (laughs) But I'm sure Lily could tell you. Oh yeah, <laughs> during those days, but, but yeah, and it just like it didn't all get a lot of details right, and I don't think it quite highlighted certain themes as strongly as it should have from the book because you know Hollywood's got a Hollywood at times, but overall it did like capture like the heart of the story I think and brought the characters to life really well. Like everyone was casted so well in in the yeah. movies I think. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. and just and they did such a great job with the detail of the world and sorry brain malfunction I've been in the sun all day <laughs> I, I, being in the sun all day makes me tired so uh, I, you guys need to keep me awake for the next how many ever hours we're here um yeah and I just love how it got, it got some people curious to read the books and it was nice to also have a big like YA series being adapted out there that wasn't just Twilight. Well, I'm just amazed by how successful the film franchise was considering the subject material. Mm-hmm. Because like when you try to market a a film franchise about okay, so it's about these kids that are fighting to the death in an arena uh for to whatever reason the government has in their heads that they want to make sure that the treat the treaty is perfect and is aligned it's just like if you market it something like that it's like how would you do that and then i, I mean the whole of like humanity in general is quite morbid so that's true um, <laughs> cruel and quite cruel like I'm trying to stay as positive, guys. It's not, not a bad thing. I mean, it is. But, I mean, we love humanity at times. Um, but <laughs> that is, oddly, if it's televised and it's like a reality show, because it's so cruel and it's so vile and it's so raw, I mean, it does make quite entertaining television. Yeah. So I think that also applies to the movie. I mean, you tell me that Again, a bunch of kids are literally placed from different states just to fight to the death every single year as punishment. Oh. And l- like later on, until the like 
the ending girl kind of like comes into the thing to shake things up and pretty much destroy the like the, the dictatorship of that specific or like land or country or whatever i am freaking watching that because nothing is better than pretty much the patriarchy or a dictator being ended by a single girl that is true it's just like it's just amazing to see like a film franchise like get that successful i mean it is just amazing to see that so. yeah but i get your point it is quite it, it's just the thought of like seeing kids like killing each other it's like oh my god how would you do that but they found like a really good like story to tell as well as like great themes that are still very relevant to this day um and it's just yeah and and part of the reason i think like this con like because the concept sounds horrible because i remember when i was reading the books and getting into them and i was excited for the movie to come out my mom being like i was telling my mom about it, and she's like you're reading what now <laughs> And she's like, I need to see. I need it's for research. It's fine. I, I mean, it's better than the, okay. And I then, mean, it's better than usually romances between like a sixteen-year-old girl and a hundred and twenty-something-year-old vampire. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, my mom got me into Twilight, and I got her into the Hunger Games. But anyway, uh, you guys are even. <laughs> I think like part of the reason this story is so like still compelling is just because of the characters like Sarah I know you said that you felt like it was very plot heavy and you know it does have to be the movies have to cover all the books major plot points but it really is the characters who make this story yeah kind of leapfrogging off that I just thought maybe I don't know go around and say you're like top two or three favorite characters I know it's hard to pick one I, I have one already okay go, go ahead Hamish. Yes. Like every single scene that Hamish is in is like, it, like the minute he comes in, it's like it just livens the place up. Like before that, the movie is just kind of like, oh, right. like even Effie, who is like dressed like colorfully, it's just like, no, even that is still so grim. Hamish comes in and he's just like the life of the party. It's like, oh yeah, I'm just here for the refreshments. I'm here to mentor. It's like, my boy. <laughs> my we boy. love he, a broken character. Yeah. fuck. <laughs> It's amazing. We love the broken character. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Gabby? Oh, you okay? <laughs> you and the readers, like, like listeners, already know like my favorite too. Because why the quack not? You have to love <laughs> Tuna. You have to love Hamish. I mean, why the quack not? But also, it's a very odd character. But I do. Okay, kill me, freaking kill me. I do find two characters quite interesting which is snow and kato mm. yep oh and who kato. kato big blonde boy from district two who they were oh yeah, yeah yeah he yeah. pissed kato. me off yeah. <laughs> i know which makes him oddly tragic mm. like karma like karma getting to him quite sad at like satisfactory yeah. Yeah. i mean his little like speech at the end though when he was about to die he was like you know, this is exactly. what I'm trained to do. Like, it's like I'm dead anyway. I'm just like, yeah. It's like <laughs> I was never really like a human with emotions. I'm just like trained to be a monster who murders. I'm just yeah. on in the Capitals games. Exactly, yeah. and the actor Alexander Ludwig did such a great job at Cato that I literally said, "I mean, we would have like because he originally auditioned to be Peta." And then the oh, actor wow. played Clove originally auditioned for Katniss too. 
Exactly. Was she and, the one from the same district? Yeah, she was the one with the yes. sides. The yeah, okay. one the, who is a queen of uh, scary movies because she was uh, she played the orphan. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Everybody yeah. slept on that. And no, she is a great, She's a great actress. actress. Yes. Great. But the character of Kato, also the character Snow is quite mysterious in the first movie and he's great. And I mean, we have to applaud um, casting because Donald yeah. Sutherland as Snow was such mm-hmm. a great and spot on casting because he had both kind of like the coldness, a snake-like kind of like quality of him, yet the charisma of a true and like very sadistic dictator that it just, it was the perfect casting. And you know, which first of all, let me just say happy birthday, Donald Sutherland. Yes, happy birthday. Happy birthday to him. Second of all, like what was so incredible, because I saw like a couple of interview videos of Donald Sutherland on on youtube and what was so fascinating is that he's almost the same exact person as snow except he is way more wise and like much more calm and just like he seems like a guy that you can like talk to and like have a good conversation with yeah um and that is what makes that's what makes him such a fascinating actor for me i mean he still kind of scares me a little bit but still i mean he probably it, won't poison you. You'll probably be fine. He will. He will poison me with the berries at the very end of the first one. <laughs> uh, Sarah, who are your like two or three favorite characters? So, remember, I came into this from a very different perspective from yeah. the rest of you. You know what I remember the most about watching these movies with my ex partner? What? Huh. Hating Dale <laughs> off the bat. Yes. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> like i love liam hemsworth hate gail passionately, yeah, like, passionately what was your impression of him just from like this first movie alone because he doesn't really get much to do in this first movie i think part of it is i was remembering the fact that this was like the beginning of where we started getting YA books and film adaptations with love triangles mm-hmm. and i think i knew going in immediately that Peter was Peter was the winner of this triangle, which meant that Gail had to have some terrible character flaw. <laughs> because, like, seriously, think about the Hunger Games in terms of this. Other than Twilight, this was the real precursor for. I'm thinking, Divergent. I'm yeah, yeah. All the Shailene uh, Shailene Woodley movies. <laughs> I don't even think they finished like making those in theaters. I never watched all of them because I after it surgeon, I was like, meh, I'm out. And I I'm good. I, I hated book three, so there's that. Most people do, from what I hear. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about that. Um uh, uh what about I mean, true. Give me Haymitch or give me death. Yeah. Uh what wait, what'd you say, Sarah? I'm sorry. Give me Haymitch or give me yeah, death. Okay. Wait, understand. <laughs> the trend is Haymitch your favorite character too. Haymitch. He he's so far up there, but also I am so here for Katniss Everdeen taking over and just turning this whole giant evil thing on its head. Yeah, and not even really doing it like thinking Intentional. of the world consequences of what she's doing. She's just like because in the book she says that when she pulled when she pulled out the berry, she just was trying to think her way 
out of this because she didn't want to get out of the leave the arena alone she was right of the future implications that that would have yeah yeah uh lily what about you like your favorite characters yeah um i mean Hamish is funny um (laughs) i like cinna i just like you know how he kind of gets katniss out of her shell a little bit yeah um and then just like agreeing like whoa yeah lenny kravitz i mean lenny kravitz just saying yeah yes i but also like katniss it just it's nice to see like a badass woman lead you know so i don't know but yeah i mean i'd say (laughs) i mean is it only me or did everybody else feel that also in this first movie there was a lot of more character development for the male characters than for the female characters aside from from katniss that's a good yeah yeah i would agree with that actually i would yeah because yeah because you know like prim rue they're basically the same uh effie's character development doesn't really happen until catching fire so you got a point yeah madge was cut i mean because with like strong male characters we got caesar flickerman with like stanley tucci oh, we have to I, love stanley tucci that, that, was, that no. was my second favorite by the way caesar <laughs> flickerman hands down how can you not like stanley tucci as caesar flickerman yeah we get woody harrelson as hamish abernathy we get like lenny kravitz as cinna we get like Alexander Ludwig as Cato that who later on went on to star in Vikings. <laughs> For him. But like we even get Wes Bentley as Seneca Crane, even yes. though he's like only like shortly in like in the movie. His character was so distinctive, especially the beard that like left such a big impression. However, with the female characters, aside from Katniss, like um we don't know a lot of, for example, Elizabeth Banks were playing Effie Trinket. Besides the, like how ornamented her um, her clothes were, there was like us as an audience, we didn't get to know anything like truly deep about her character. Uh, Willow Shields as Primrose, uh, as Primrose Everdeen or Prim, was barely on like on screen. Also, um, Pula Mal- uh, Malcolm- uh, Malcolmson that played Katniss's mother. I mean, in the books, Katniss's mother is such a big, pretty much thing about Katniss's existence and the way that she is and everything. However, in the movie, we don't see her as much or any, like any development until much later on. But I mean, I saw a lot of the female characters not truly being like rightfully served in not only screen time, but also development in comparison to like the male characters, which to, to an extent I understand because most of the male characters had like powerhouses in every single one of them. But I would have liked to see a little bit more also about the female like tributes because we got Isabel Furman as Chloe and everyone slept on it and it was a great it was a great rendition or Eleven Rambin as Glimmer it was she didn't have any like pretty much any screen like screen time when I think that she deserved a little bit more as those two characters Glo- uh, like Chloe and Glimmer were very 
there, especially in the arena. What do you uh, What do you think, guys? Listen. No, I, I no, I agree. I feel like one of the issues that I had with this rewatch this time around was, um, I really wish that Rue had more screen time, or I don't know how it is exactly in the books, because um, it's been like twelve years since I read the first one. In a while. Um, but like I felt Rue had much more like character in the books, at least in the first book, like and conversations between her and Katniss that we don't really see as much in the movie. Um, thankfully, the performances are all are both so good that it's enough to overcome it. Um, but I did kind of wish we saw a little bit more interactions, like maybe at least like an alliance like near the beginning of the games so that it could be like, oh, hey, so let's, you know, we're kind of similar in like strength and quality and mindset. So let's team up and take on Kato and the gang or something. I, I don't know, just something that can like give us like a little bit more so that the emotional impact could hit, you know, for um, Katniss and Rue. Because, I mean, it's, it's still really emotional with the score and the performances, but it just didn't feel like, it didn't feel like a gut punch, like it should, you know? I mean, you are, there actually is um, a deleted scene of like Katniss and Rue in the, in the tree camping out and they just have like this really cute conversation where Rue like whispers to Kat, to Katniss about the name of a boy she's a crush on back home. It's just like a really cute scene, mm. like, a little more character. To yeah. And something that's, that isn't really mentioned in the movies, but was mentioned in the books, and Gab and I have talked about this, is that uh, Rue is like, uh, Katniss compares her to Prim, because, you know. Oh, yeah, of course. You yeah. can't help it. And especially when you compare the fact that Prim was reaped, but Katniss volunteered for her, but then Rue was, Rue was reaped, I can't say that, and no one volunteered for her. But also, Rue's actually the oldest sibling in her family, just like Katniss. She looks after her siblings oh. the way Katniss looks after Prim. And Gabby, what you, you described it really well, something about how like Katniss's innocence being destroyed right in front of her. Like more like murdered, because in a in a different, like not only in a different district, but also in a different world, Rue is not only Prim like the parallel of Prim, but also the parallel of Katniss herself yes. as the eldest sibling, as yep. the provider, as the one that pretty much protects uh, like their siblings. And in this case, by Rue being so brutally murdered in front of her, also marks a very before and after point in Katniss as a character. Because afterwards, like before she still has some like, um, not fluffy, but like warm qualities about her. And after Rue is murdered, she starts seeing the games as they are, which is pretty much a strategic and like what like what can cause pretty much the demise of the others faster. Which pretty much is like the murder of her own innocence and her own childhood innocence at the hands of the capital. Like she went in into the arena being a child, she came out being a murderer. Oh, oh that's dark. See why that's I can really bring dark. you back on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. And also like a small kind of like shout out 
we got Toby Jones as Cladius like Temple and then Nelson Asensio as Flavius and everybody slept on it. <laughs> I mean, we got two massive actors and there was barely, well, like not as much screen time nor kind of like weight or not weight, but like people slept on it. And that really, yeah. really bothered me as a, as a um, Hunger Games enthusiast. So let's going back to, um, to kind of like um, Katniss before and after the like Ruse murder. So what do you guys think about how the movie was shot? So it's interesting because I feel that, um, so I feel like I get the intention behind some of like the shaky cam elements, especially when you're in like district 12, because I mean, that is a time where it is super tense. Like you don't know if your name is going to get called. So like, of course it's going to feel um, very disorienting. Um, and especially as well as with the games, like that's, that's totally fine. You know, they did have to, for like the bloodbath, they did kind of have to do the shake. Yeah. Well, even, well, that's, that's what's interesting. Cause even then, like, even with all the shaking, you could still see a little bit of blood. And it's just like, well, they had to, well, they had to so uh, that the movie wouldn't get an R rating because yeah, they wanted exactly. to make sure that, you yeah. Know. Yeah. So I understand like the intent behind some of like the shaking cam elements and there are some interesting uses of color at some point because like in the beginning you know we have like very like gray very washed out colors for district 12 which is like perfect it's like it's a poor district it's the poorest of the districts that happen in very cold uh, colors blue very colors yeah very yeah. like very washed out colors yeah like you um, feel uncomfortable to be there yeah. yeah because of like the cold palette like all bluish yeah like bluish tones. Yeah. and but then you get to the capital which there's a little bit more color into it um and especially when you're at uh caesar flickerman's auditorium like i gotta tell you i was watching this on this this big screen tv that i have in my living room the shots of like caesar flickerman's uh stage and like the audience i was like this is a gorgeously directed film at points like there's just some like really great like shots and like angles that they get especially when katniss is goes is like on the backstage area before she goes on stage. Like you just have her like that moment, her in silhouette just waiting for her to come on. It's like, wow, that is like, that's really cool to see um, cinematography wise. So there's obviously some really good elements in the cinematography. I do think the shaky cam elements when it is quick cuts to the point where it's just, where it's just very hard to see at times and hard to follow. I think it's like, those are the points where I'm like, okay, you didn't need to do that. Like you could just kind of calm a little bit there so we can see a little bit more. Um, I have I have two questions, one for Allison and one for Lily. Okay, uh, I'm gonna start with the one for Lily. Um, you as a musician, what was your take on how the movie did around, not only surrounding, like um, the like surrounding sounds and, like in vert like in a like opposite to music because if you notice that yeah. this movie had little to no music like background music as we usually are accustomed yeah. in seeing this type of like blockbusters and my question to Allison is like you are a writer so 
as a writer, what was your take on the specific type of dialogue and how, like how light in dialogue it was compared to the, like to the next movies and what was your take on it? Did you like it, did you not? So let's start with Lily's, like Lily's <laughs> question. Then yeah. So, um, well, I noticed that it was pretty like quiet and then all of a sudden it would get really loud. Yeah. Um, so I think that was in more of like, you know, the intense scenes. Um, and I just remember like having to keep changing the volume of my TV because I didn't want my neighbors to hear, <laughs> but yeah, I know it was, I, I think it made sense for like it to not have a lot of music except like, you know, when it needs the suspenseful stuff or like the battle. Um, but yeah, just like the quietness, it's like, it's kind of a really sad time. Like people are dying. So. See, that's that, probably my take on it no that's it's interesting because it's like that was one of the things that people were complaining about when i was at school because it was like i think one of my problems was that there was no like music during some of the scenes like why would there be yeah like, why would there be during those those moments especially at the reaping you know but anyways allison uh, i just wanted to say real quick um Sarah was just in a really bad place for reception. She's not entirely sure if she'll be able to come back. No. Um, shout out to you, Sarah. Thank you so. Thank so you, Sarah. You're the best. Thank you, Sarah. Oh man. Love you. Yeah, but anyway, um, I don't know. I just think like it makes you feel like more in the moment at certain points when there is no music, and like you said, adds to the suspense. Yeah. There's, the, I don't know, the Hunger Games, both the this first book and first movie have a very like haunting quality about it just because it is children involved in this and I do think that even though like you know Francis Lawrence is obviously praised in the later movies as he should be he adapted everything so well um I do think Gary Ross's style was kind of the right choice for this movie yeah uh, even though like this shaky cam was excessive like it was perfect at the reaping scene but when Cadence is just running through the district to get to yeah shaky cam i wanted to see what everything looked like yeah also the shaky cam with like the dogs chasing them in the forest at one point it's just kind of like that was unnecessary what's <laughs> going on <laughs> my eyes yeah. hurt <laughs> <laughs> i want to see the mutts you know but you know what am i looking at here <laughs> yeah i i really like that shot though when she was shooting the arrow i think it was when she was trying to get the apples down maybe yeah um, shot. yeah but like it was like the eyes and like the, the tail of the arrow and just like the close-up like i don't yeah. know i really like that i was like oh my one complaint yeah. about, <laughs> about that scene though like after she blows it up and the careers like immediately come back she is in plain sight how did they know <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> like, in the book, honestly in the book the careers are further away they didn't get back so quickly and she's able and by the way the boy from district three in the book like went with them to go investigate the fire so he didn't look like a complete dumbass and in the book there before they come back she like crawls behind a bush to hide so they don't see her but in the movie it's like she's out in the open gets up no problem but no in the book she could like get she couldn't get up at first she was so disoriented and lost her hearing in her left ear and was deaf for the rest of the games that seems like realistic yeah like yeah. like you know hollywood the hollywoods and like glosses over like things like you know injuries especially we like like I love Marvel movies to death, but it's like they all should have died like ten times over with some of the injuries <laughs> sustained. But 
yeah no in the book like you feel like the physical both the mental and especially the physical like scar and pain that they leave the arena with like because Peter like straight up uh has to get his leg amputated and he has a prosthetic leg for the rest of the series Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Like, That's something that they really glossed over. Holy crap. Up wow. In the end, that he, that, like, he was pr- fairly close to death, even when they're, like, Kato's dead and they're taking out the berries, like, and they're arguing of who should live, who should die. Peter, like, takes off the binding on his leg. He's like, I will bleed to death out right here if you don't shoot me, Katniss. Yes. That Which... would have earned the R rating, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, yes. <laughs> But at the same time, like, um, I don't want to be the devil's advocate. However, um, I do feel like there was such a big jump from the first to the second movie and like, like film, like filmography wise, and also the, like the choices that they made in music and sound, because, um, I mean, don't you guys feel that the first movie was almost shot like it, like it, it was an indie movie? Yeah. Yes, I agree. Yep. Like also the type of like the sound, how um, the the use of um, especially when she's walking around the woods, you hear yes. the crunching and everything around her and the water. That sound and... pop. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I like I don't know like especially in the like the fighting scenes, the lack of music and just like the high pitched. Um, kind of like ping that was like over them that like over like most of the fighting scenes yeah um and the first one I didn't actually understand why except for her breathing which you get it like shaking of the camera you can hear the breathing and you hear the yeah. high the high-pitched ping however in the first one I didn't understand why the high-pitched ping um was used uh almost like an echo of the of the siren that was done to or the cannon that was done to like like the to announce the beginning of the games however i thought it was very well used in the second time that they used it which was when um they blow up uh she blows up the mountain of food because that actually resembles the ringing of the ears when people are exposed to like um big blasts that is what people hear yeah. So I thought that was done brilliantly. And the first, the first time that they used it, I was like, why they could have used like a slight music inside it, like yeah. in it. Um, however, I am a sucker for uh, like music in film and I am a sucker for, let's call it the makeup of film, which is music, yeah. like a little bit of music. Right. <laughs> so it's not as, makeup. because I found, um, I understand it was much darker, but I I found some of the scenes in the first movie a little bit awkward, and not in the in the later in the later installments. Yeah. Don't you guys think? And that links to the dialogue. Allison, what do you think? You I are mean, a writer. I mean, I think they. How do I explain this? Um, they were adapting. Because Katniss, like, doesn't really, like, is, like, very introverted. She doesn't offer up information. Most things we hear from her voice in the book, like, are very internal. So I just don't know if they, I mean, obviously they figure out how to do it right in Catching Fire. But it's, like, for this first movie, I don't know if they could properly have 
that dialogue. I don't know how to explain this. I'm really bad at this. <laughs> no, you're not bad. Like I, I get it because in the first movie you guys notice is very action, like moved and action kind of like heavy and yeah. not as much dialogue, especially in the goodbye scene. There is only hugging and you hear the shuffling, but there's no, besides the please tell me that you're, that you're going to take care of them. Yeah. There is no real dialogue instead of Prim saying, no, there is no, I love you. There's no, you're going to be fine. There is nothing. You just see them just like you hear the, the, the breathing, like the Harvard breathing and just them going, no. And uh, we have to applaud the, the actress that played Prim. Yes, those screams, thank you. Thank you. Those haunting. Those... Yes, also like those haunting screams of no, or like I don't know if she like hurt her throat doing that. <laughs> but it was great, um, especially at the reaping when like Gail has to carry her away. It's like, yes. oh, shit. yeah, it's like, honestly there's no background music or anything. It's like just her screaming. Honestly, I think Willow Shields gives one of the best child performances that nobody really talks about, mm -hmm. aside from this. Yeah. Because like, it's just, like, her performance, like, she's only in it for, like, so little of the movie, and yet, like, she has such an impact mm -hmm. um, that she makes throughout the entire film. The whole story surrounds Katniss's decision to save Prim. And you are, you feel it every single minute of the film, and it's just which just instantly makes Katniss a more active protagonist in a in this world where really no one has any control over their lives. Yeah, but because but like you know you assume for a story like this when you hear oh kids fighting to death okay main character obviously gets picked because who in their right mind would like want to be part of this except for the careers but that's a different story. Um, but, but then she didn't. Yeah, but then Katniss makes the makes the completely like selfless decision, and it is rare, and it is actually pretty rare because Katniss is like the first volunteer in living memory. Plenty of people have had their siblings reaped, and it's very rare that people still still do that. And Peta even has an older brother, I think, who still may have been eligible for the reaping, but didn't save his younger brother. And talking about characters, what do you guys think about the casting in the movie? You liked okay. it, you didn't, and your thoughts around it. And we're going to start with you, Allison, because okay. I know you have a couple things to say about I, it. Oh, okay. I got a few things I could say about it. I mean, I think we all agree Woody Harrelson was perfect as Hamish. Yeah. Um, Liam Hemsworth. Um, does his job playing playing like <laughs> he's supposed to so good for him <laughs> um, like all the and like all, basically all like the tributes even the background ones i'm glad that they all got this opportunity now i think they all did a great job with even what little time they were given and if you get a chance uh go on youtube and like look up some of their like deleted uh, extended interview scenes because they actually were given the opportunity to improvise a little bit with Stanley Tucci while filming that stuff. So it's pretty cool. Oh, that's neat. And of course, I of course I'm completely in love with Peta because he's the best. <laughs> and Josh Hutcherson did an amazing job. And I do love Jennifer, and I do love Jennifer Lawrence as Katniss because even though she doesn't match up, oh, junk mail. I don't care. I don't want to. I don't <laughs> want a shirt. 
This is the problem when you're going to capital. Yeah. <laughs> you're like computer and phone are hooked up. Also, my computer starting to throw tantrum. There's nothing I can do about it. We just focus on us talking, everyone. Is that what that noise is? Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is that? <laughs> my computer always reaches a point when it starts to throw tantrum lately, so there's nothing I can do about it. It sounds like an upset frog. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's angry about the capital too. That's why. That's why it's. <laughs> At first, I thought it was like one of my dogs, and I was like, "Wait, no, I'm not talking to my mom." It sounded like Addie snoring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and Jennifer Lawrence, um, like, like killed it. Like the, she makes yeah. such like amazing acting choices, and even though she doesn't quite uh, match up perfectly to what I imagine as Katniss in the book, I she she just she still got so many things right and she just like fit with the rest of the cast because she like clearly like worked yeah. well with everyone so and that's important for a movie and so it's all good well there's like nobody nobody in the cast that i would consider to be like bad or mediocre or anything they're just perfect oh it was perfect. she was phenomenal she made effie was a character that i was like Okay, oh, yeah, Elizabeth Banks, well, yeah. Well, Elizabeth Banks just elevated Effie to a whole new level. No, like, Elizabeth Banks, Woody Harrelson, uh, Stanley Tucci, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Josh Hutchinson, uh, Liam Hemsworth, everybody involved in that cast, like, it was perfectly cast for me. Like, I just think it was just probably one of the best casts assembled for a blockbuster of this kind. It is. So in gen like okay in general I do believe that this movie was perfect casting and despite some of the actors being older than what was described in the books because of the dark subject matter yeah even though I would have loved to see a lot of like younger actors and uh, portraying the specific roles I do believe that going with a slightly older cast was the best call not only because of um, the kind of like the the subject in question, which would be kind of like gladiator-ish themes, but also how they later on did the rest of the tributes and how they kind of like made most of the tributes be not the same age because they weren't, but not a 14 year old. And then like someone who's like 60. So they would have like looked a little bit more uh, homogenous in a sense. So I, I do agree with how perfectly cast it was, um, though I do understand the, like some people say, it's like, what about the, like the age differences from the book to the movie? Because I mean, Katniss did not, I love Jennifer Lawrence, but she did not look 16. Oh. Uh, I suspend my disbelief just enough because, you know, she was still really good she was no she was amazing and when like if some of the listeners say i looked like that when i was 16 then my my child i applaud you because probably that was not the case for most people yeah so literally definitely was not the case for me uh however um i do believe that she did a like especially jennifer lawrence she did a great job because she did i i don't know what you guys think but usually like leading ladies are at some point a lot more warm mm-hmm. yeah, personality yeah. wise yeah. and she wasn't she was like closed she was like almost 
I don't want to say, um, what, what's it called when you don't make facial expression? Oh, inexpressive, because she wasn't. But she was more on the rugged, don't look at me, go away, almost cat-like catness no pun intended um <laughs> she, she was definitely much more of an introvert yes well, and yeah. i felt that that was very well done and it was quite refreshing to see on screen i don't know what do you what do you guys think no i agree because there's this whole because especially like around i feel like in the 2010s especially on like tv and movies there's this whole thing of oh you need to make these characters especially female characters likable whereas Katniss no. she doesn't want to play the game she's like no I've made my goals and what I want to do very clear I hate the way you guys do things and yeah. I'll do things my way and honestly I need to be more like that you know it's, it's funny you say that Allison because when there's this one scene where Hamish talks to Katniss about like in order to get sponsors then you have to be well liked and right now you're not doing a great job and I just thought about like man, this is, you could probably equate this to like different industries in the world today. And it just makes yeah. so much sense. Uh, mostly fame. And... Wait, what? Uh, mostly fame and entertainment industry. Do you think that that was like a little jab? I don't want to get like too into detail because I know it's, it's, more complicated and we want to stay towards the hunger games but it kind of makes sense i mean <laughs> susan collins got her inspiration for the hunger games from one the myth of like theseus and the minotaur um and then from watching like documentaries on on like roman history and then switching the channels between that and reality tv so yeah. <laughs> and um i, I uh, don't quote me on this, but I feel like I think Suzanne Collins may have worked in TV at one point. I could be very wrong about that, about that, but it would make sense with the slight jab and commentary about that. Yeah. Well, all I know is I she was one of the writers for the movie, so yeah. I mean, it does. It shows, especially because yeah. um, I've been trying to figure out how to bring this up. And the perfect segue. Um especially like with the scenes that do cut away from Katniss because the book is told like first person present tense so we're always in Katniss's point of view we never it see does. anything or experience yep. anything she doesn't whereas the movie I'm glad it took this opportunity to cut away mm -hmm. from Katniss and we got to see some things that were happening like behind the scenes like uh the small scene when uh Hamish is like watching those kids like play with the toy sword and, yes and then mm -hmm. um and then when you see, like, in the aftermath of Rue's death, uh, District 11's reaction, that was powerful. And most yeah. importantly, we saw all those scenes with President Snow. Oh, yeah, that whole scene with um, Rue's death leading into, like, this uprising, like, that was one of the most powerful scenes. Even when I said before, like, it wasn't, like, completely impactful. It still was powerful in its own way. Yeah, so. And but, yeah. And after, and after reading uh, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, um, I know I've told you, Patrick, but I don't know if I told you, Lily, but that book is a prequel that focuses on President Snow before he's president, obviously, yeah. at 18 years oh. old. So okay. just from, like, reading that book and, like, watching these scenes, like, I can feel Suzanne's influence in those scenes because she knows yeah. the character. And I do want to know how much she told Donald Sutherland for those scenes because it's like, 
after reading that book, I'm like, I, I look after reading Ballad, I look at all those scenes differently. I mean, when bat like in Ballad of uh, the Snakes and Birds, right? Birds and Snakes. Yeah. Yes, we will see how the mastermind snow was created, how the monster was birthed, yep. was born. Yeah. Birthed? Born? Born for whatever. Yeah. You know, but how the, how the monster, how the dictator came to be. However, he was not the one who invented, invented the games, but he was. I was just going to ask that. Was he the one that, so he wasn't then? No, no. he had a heavy influence in the direction that the games went, uh, which is which is how it got formed to everything like Katniss experiences. So let's just let's just put it like that. How it was like televised? Loved it too. What was that? Because book? I was just saying, like you know, if he didn't have an influence, why didn't he stop it? If he didn't want it to. Well. <laughs> You see, guys, the movie makes that clear for you guys when you when you see it because there's there's a lot going on. <laughs> but he was the one who made kind of like the games almost like sexy to the audience because before they would only like put like like Alice and like Alice and I was like they would only put like the tributes, let them kill each other, but it wasn't really televised. He was the one who made the audience root for their favorites. He was the one that shushed it up and made it pretty much a reality TV show where your favorite characters died right in front of you. And you could send gifts and you could try to help them in the arena. And you got to know that like almost the players, like it was like a video game. You got to know your real life tribute. You're uh, almost kind of like gladiator. Mm. So yes, he didn't stop it because he also got a lot of fame and recognition and just overall favors because of it. Because I mean, he I mean he became a dictator. And one of the things that dictators like know how to do is not only be charismatic, but make the audience or the public or the population root for them so that's what he made with the games which just normal carnage to shushed carnage televised and made <laughs> i don't know sexy <laughs> like made yeah. aesthetic and going I, to nbc <laughs> because um it's not really shown in the movie but like like i mentioned in the book um like the tributes are really banged like Cass and peter really banged up when they leave it and they actually spend like two or three days like in the hospital at the tribute center recovering because like I said PETA had to get a pro like a new leg they had to fix Katniss's hearing they essentially like made all her scars disappear because it's one thing for the capital audience to see them like on screen with these injuries it'd be a completely different thing if they like pulled them straight out of the arena put them on stage in front of a live audience and have them like see that reality face to face it like ruins kind of yeah. the illusion i guess the show opened and everything's okay yeah oh by you the know way, here's another thing that'll make you guys love Hamish um even more yes gabby did after i told her but in the book, yes but in the book there's this scene when katniss is lying in her hospital bed recovering and she's like drifting in and out of consciousness and at one point she hears yelling in the hallway and she doesn't know what it is, but the voice doesn't sound like the capital accent. It sounds like someone from back home. And that can only be Hamish because, you know, Pete is still recovering. And we find out later that the reason she heard Hamish yelling was because 
he got into a big argument with the game makers because the game makers wanted to um, surgically alter Katniss to give her more like curves, Ooh. bigger boobs, bigger butt. Uh, and Hamish like threw a face. Like, like not only is she like, and like just, not only she's 16 years old and like you're doing this without oh. her consent, but um, we're not giving too much away. Let's just say a lot of the favorite victors like Katniss would have been get uh, sexualized heavily by the capital because they're basically oh. celebrities. So not only celebrities, they are used by Snow almost as prostitutes where very influential people pay money for them to spend time with them. And therefore Katniss would have become another product from the capital with bigger boobs, bigger ass that made her apparently a lot more desirable. So for the So Hamish stuck up for Katniss's bodily autonomy, essentially. Yeah. Yes. Which, on a completely unrelated note, um, anyone who likes The Hunger Games, I think, would like to go camping. And if you need to go camping in a different state, um, check out the show notes, because I encourage people to go camping who want to. Yeah. So It's amazing. Please, people, camp. Yeah. Look to the link below. Camping is a lot of fun. And <laughs> I'll camp here. Yeah. And, um, yeah, <laughs> and have ice cream, too. Ice cream makes everything better. Hey, That's it's National cool. Ice Cream Day. Oh, it is. Before we got on this call, I went and got some vegan ice cream. And you didn't tell me? Okay. By the way, I'm I'm still thinking about that ice cream malt that I had at the beach a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. It is it is like almost quarter to seven here. An ice cream place like five minutes from me is open for another two hours, so I can get ice cream after this, guys. And in my case, I will have to settle with like frozen Nutella in the fridge. <laughs> my ice cream. Ooh, nice. Oh, nice. That yeah. is gorgeous. Um, the jam sesh. It's like a lemonade with like strawberry jam, and it's pretty good. Hello, everyone. This is Allison from a different point in time, and I'm just here to close off the episode for now because we end up talking for a really long time. So I'm gonna just split this episode into two parts. So next week, you can be on the lookout for part two, uh, where we continue talking about the Hunger Games movie with all of these amazing people. Um, thank you guys so much uh, for listening. I will link everyone's like information where you can find them in the show notes down below. Down below, this is not a YouTube video. Um, I will also link, you know, the podcast Instagram below, all that good stuff. And um, the, my, the new TikTok I, I made for the podcast as well. And I also started a YouTube channel for the podcast. I'm working on making uh, just some extra videos and bonus content on there. And also uploading the audio from all episodes past onto YouTube. So hopefully more people can find them. So go. So I don't currently have any videos uploaded yet. I'm aiming to at the end of the week. So uh, go ahead and subscribe so you get notified when, as soon as I videos start going up there. And again, thank you guys so much uh, for listening. Uh, uh, don't forget to like and follow so you're not like so you're notified when new episodes come out, including a bonus episode that I plan to release next week that I did with Gabby. So that'll be a lot of fun. And again, thank you. I really appreciate you all for listening. I hope you have a great day slash night and I will talk to you all next time. Bye.